Hi, this is Luigi Sutil. I play Sean Archer uh, on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Men and Family Chats. Hey guys, welcome back to FFC. I'm Maureen. And I'm Jeanette. And we are back with a, another Chicago episode. And we want you guys to know, our listeners, how hard Jeanette and I fight to be on these episodes every week. <laughs> because every week, it's just Jeanette and I doing this. And every week we have problems with our internet being unstable or it crashes or it freezes constantly. So as you can see, uh, Jeanette is at a different angle now. <laughs> so we truly, truly work here at FFC to get you our Chicago podcast episodes and it's frustrating every week and we try to go through it. So we're sorry if it seems sometimes like we're rushing, it's because we want to hit it before it freezes and shuts down. So we love this show enough to do that. But we're going to dive right in just in case um, things go bad. We want to get through this. So we'll dive right into med. And we are going to basically we're going to lead in right where we picked up or right where we left off the from last week. It's kind of it seemed to me like this episode was the day after where it ended last week. It's kind of um, like because it was yeah. Song and Halstead talking about their drink and their scores. And yeah, yeah. I sort of blocked a lot of that out, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no. I still don't, for the record, I still don't like it at all. Um, I like it even less after this episode, just in case you were curious. Um, and I, I think we, we see in this, okay, so Will's patient comes in and, you know, obviously Grace has this brand new thing that she's put in, you know, mm-hmm. to help streamline where which why we think this is a good idea. I'm not, I mean, I guess I see the benefit a little bit um, of the doctors being able to see every exactly. potential. There's no reason for us patients to see every potential issue. And I'm saying that as someone, because I know myself mm-hmm. and I spend a lot of time on school whenever I feel like something is wrong with me and like trying to figure out what it is. Like I'm terrible about it. This would be my worst nightmare. Because I would be exactly like this woman. I would probably have some sort of brain biopsy for no good reason. Because I would be convinced that like my anxiety would not allow me to forget about this potential diagnosis until we ruled it out. And my thing is, I think the reason that I'm even more against Grace and Will now is when you watch their interaction, he knew that it was a bad idea. He was telling her. But as soon as she was just, she kind of came back now because he's, he likes her. And because there's a potential romance here, he backed off. He said, no, you know what? You're right. You're right. You know, he almost gave her this, like, uh, I'm, I'm being silly over here. Like you're, this is a good idea. When I, we, I think I could tell that Will does not feel like this is a good idea. And I, I don't want to see her change him because one of the things that we love the most about him is being willing to fight whoever the powers that be, no matter who it is, if he feels like something's wrong for his patient, he will go to bat for that. So if he's not going to do that with her, that's a problem for me. I'd agree with that. And I think he didn't, you are right. Cause he did, he was telling her, you know, this is going to be a problem. They can't do this. They can't do this. And he was giving her some pushback on it until she said, well, part of them signing the agreement is that they have full access to it. And it was at that moment, he's like, well, okay, well, I guess better safe than sorry. But it almost felt to me like the reason he was doing that was partly because she had this look on her face of a wounded deer. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. I'm 
I'm so hurt that this is hurting you or it's damaging you or whatever. And that's, it's his compassion, which is what we love about him. That is mm-hmm. causing him to be like, well, I guess it won't hurt to do this, but he still did get the patience and pushback. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Although I wish he could have, he tried, God love him. He tried to push back on that patient, but that patient was you a little can't... aggressive with her. Yeah. No. I mean, you can only do so much with the patient. If they request something, you, you've got to go ahead and do it. I mean, it is what it is. Um, and I would have even been okay if, I feel like they changed Grace's character just a little bit in this episode. Um, because I feel like in the past, just like when we talked about like the charting in the room and the things like that with that first interaction, her and Will were both, even though they disagreed at the beginning, they were both able to come back at the end and realize they each kind of, they could find a way to compromise on this. So if we had come back at the end of the episode and he talked to Grace again and she admitted that, okay, maybe we need to tweak this and something needs to be changed, um, then, then we'll we'll do that. Like, because I think that that was my biggest thing that like she wasn't and we saw this again with her with the lights which I guess we can go ahead and talk about um with the other patient the other thing which that to me like I'm not sure why lights flashing would ever be a good idea especially red lights flashing um as someone who doesn't I don't have some sort of you know diagnosed mental illness anyways um I mean obviously I do have like mild anxiety and you know it's nothing major but that would give me anxiety to be, especially when you're in a hospital setting, like when you're in the ER, I feel like at least for me, my anxiety is always high as it is just being there in that environment. So then to see on top of the loud noises that are causing these lights to go off, then all of a sudden you've got flashing red lights everywhere. I would be my anxiety. I would probably cry. My anxiety would go through the roof. I think at that point. That's a, that's a good point. And that was something that I put was that, first of all, because the one thing she said to Maggie was, well, adults should be able to lower their voice with a, with a visual cue. First of all, when is an ER adults only? When is an ER 18 and up? When is an ER strictly medical and not, I, I mean, you have ER is for emergencies. It's not just physicality, it's mentally as well. So people like Balin coming in there, he's not going to be able to handle these changes and these visual cues. It's going to affect him mentally. And you need to take into account all of your patients, not just the select few that come in there for that. Mm -hmm. And and I know, I mean, I I don't know, maybe my ideas are stupid here, but like all that money that probably costs to put in a lighting system that is like linked to noise activation, why not maybe try to make the rooms a little more private and more soundproof? That, that it would disturb like the other people i feel like maybe i don't know what i'm talking about i feel like that would be a cheaper option i agree completely like we just our hospital did a huge overhaul of our emergency department like yeah. massive million dollar undertaking of our emergency department and what is weird to me about this show is they have the same doors that our emergency department has those glass doors that are supposed to slide closed and when they slide closed can't hear anything outside in fact the last time i was in the er i was right next to an area where they were doing construction i couldn't hear them unless that door was open but on chicago med they have those same doors but they use the curtain why would you use a curtain why don't you slide the door closed (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't understand that unless it's about them being up need to be able to hear the patients in there but like if I don't know. I hooked up to machines. When you go into an ER, you're immediately hooked up to machines, either with an IV or they put the finger thing 
I'm not a medical professional. I don't know what these things are called, but the finger thing or the, the (laughs) (laughs) a lot of times they'll put that blood pressure cuff on you, no matter what. And you're hooked up to the monitor. So if there's a problem, it goes off, not just in your room, but at the nurse's station. And that's where make you be able to come in and say, okay, you're needed here. Or even, okay. If you want to use that electronic chart, that's taking part of Maggie's job, it'll flash up there and say, Hey, needed here. And honestly, Maggie was right. Like there's a reason that there is a head ER nurse. There's, there's a, what is her official role? What is that called again? It's a something nurse. Um, A charge nurse, maybe? Charge nurse. That's what it is. There's a reason they have those in the ER because when you go into (laughs) ER, not only are you already scared, like you said, your anxiety is already spiked. I mean, how many times has someone gone into the ER and they've taken your blood pressure? Like, oh, this is weirdly high because I'm in an emergency room. So not only is all that stuff happening, but you certainly don't want to go into an ER and be cared for by machines only. You need that okay. face, nope. you need that personal connection. You need to know that you are going to be taken care of. And the way you know you're taken care of is by that person who is there doing that. And Maggie, I, I love how Maggie handled it because at first she was like, okay, this is not going to happen, but okay. But when it was enough, when she could prove this is going to cause a problem, she came back at song and said, I don't need assistance. I've got this covered. You're taking my job and it's hurting my patients. Yeah. And again, this was another moment where Maggie wanted Will to rally with her and Will any other moment would march straight up to Goodwin's office with her. He did not, he was not willing to do it because of grace. It's going to be a problem. See, I missed that. I didn't know why Maggie went up there. I, I, I don't know if I went upstairs or my kids were talking to me or what, but I was like, yeah. why is Maggie up there right now? Yeah, she went up there because she was going to tell Goodwin, this is not like what we're going to do. She said, I think she even said that like, we're not going to let, um, what did she, how did she word it? She didn't start we're talking not, yet. Did she? Just, no, she didn't because when she got up there, she realized Goodwin was already super stressed with other stuff. So she let it go. But the reason she went up there is why she, like she said, she wasn't going to let Jack automate them out of a job or however she worded it. But she talked to Will about it. And he was like, oh, do you think that's necessary? Taking it to Goodwin? Like, you know, and she's like, yeah, I do. But he was not willing to go with her yeah, because yeah, yeah. it has racist program. It's going to be a problem. And it's going to be a huge problem for me because this is why I love him. We say this every single week, even when he makes bonehead moves and he does dumb stuff. The reason we love him is because it is for, it is what he believes is his patient's best interest. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to fight. If we take that attribute from Will, that's what we love most about him. Like I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. So, and that no, makes sense. And maybe, maybe they're going to use that as the vehicle because I, I don't know if you've noticed, but like what we complain about on here a lot of times, and this doesn't happen in like any other show, but we almost see it like as we complain about. And I'm not saying it's only FFC, but as we complain yeah. about things. Chicago picks up on that and they rewrite things or they add things in. And I don't think that's specific to FFC. I just think that FFC has the same mindset as much of the fandom. And as the fandom complains, as the fandom says things, they start to alter that. And I'm wondering if they've picked up on the fact that most of the fandom is not behind song and will. And so they're trying to find a wedge to build them because actually what I put in the notes is what was the end message for will here? Because there's always an end message for our main characters. And I think that might be part of it is that he's going to realize I'm changing. I don't want to do this. And maybe even Hannah will be the one to come up to him and say, Will, what are you doing? Or Maggie might be saying, Will, what are you doing? And why are you doing this? Because like, 
what she and I agree. I think that it's good. Her her original premise is a good idea, but you can't mm-hmm. just believe that because you have technology, because you have a good idea, that everything that's going to come out of your head is going to be great and good. Exactly. Like in my opinion, what she should do is Grace should be sitting down with Maggie, with Will, with Dean, with Hannah, have them say what are the problems here in this ED, and then let her solve those problems. You know, like talk to them about it. If they're obviously not having an issue with diagnosing patients, I mean, I've never seen them have an issue. They always figure it out in that, you know, 40 minute air slot, right? I mean, so like, I'm not sure why this is like something that came up. Like we've never, we, I, we've never seen them so stumped that they can't figure something out or we've never heard of this noise issue before, not one time. So it just seemed odd. And I do think it was fun. This was the first week that I felt like Grace was a bit of a villain like Jack Dayton. Not, I mean, I know she wasn't a villain, but I, I felt this was the first time I felt that she is like, because it's kind of, kind of been us, like them versus him. And I, this is the first week I've really fully felt that she is on hit, like she is going to be part of him. And that they're going to have to, I don't know. It didn't feel, she didn't feel like a team player when people were trying to express that this is not a good idea. See, I felt, I didn't feel that way. I, I feel like she's trying to be, because what she is is a tech person. Jack Dayton mm-hmm. brought her in because she's a tech person. She's not a personal medical doctor. In fact, she's Dr. Song, but what she is a, what is she a doctor of? Like, have we seen her treat a single patient? Because all we've seen her do is work in tech and that sort of thing. So she might have a doctorate, but I don't know yeah. that it's the same doctorate that the medical doctors have. I, I don't right. know. Maybe she does. Maybe I missed that when they introduced her. However, yeah. regardless, what she's focused on is tech. That's what she knows how to do. That's what she's comfortable with. Even when people come into her lab, that one time Dean went in there, don't break anything. And that's the first time you see song be forceful was it's almost like she was protecting her babies. Like that was her life's work. So I don't think she was, it's so much that she's on team Jack. I think that this is the only way she knows how to function. And I think in her head, I'm going to be helpful and I'm going to solve these problems before they become real problems. And I, I'm going to help them this way because this is how I can help. I can't do the other things, but I can do this. And I, the reason I'm saying that is because of the look on her face when Will goes up to her and she just looks wounded. And then when Maggie talks to her about, I don't need to be replaced. I don't need this help. She again, looks like she's, she looks upset that she's hurt them. And I think that'll be the difference between her and Jack. I don't think Jack's going to care, but I think she cares. I still, I don't know. I still, I have a feeling she is going to be so, she's going to believe so hard in her ideas that she's not going to be willing to really see the other side. We'll see. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but so far we'll see. Well, I mean, you kind of felt that way about George, but we see this week that's, that was a little different. I mean, we're not, we're not there yet, but George, the board member that you thought with Dr. George. I forgot that was his name. I'm sorry. Um, I only knew yeah, that because yeah. today what I decided to do was look up the names of people. <laughs> Usually I just write, what's their name? I don't know what their name is. I forgot this name. <laughs> I always know who you're talking about. That's what works. Um, yeah, I will agree with you. Yeah, we'll just, but, yeah, I mean, I'll talk about him more, but he changed a little bit this week. He did, so. yeah. And, you know, these ER changes, they're really in the background for most of the patients this week. And especially in this case, I mean, we could see it front and center when that, when Balin when you saw his face, when the security guards grabbed him, my heart broke for him. The the complete overwhelming fear of just, I don't even know the word I'm looking, despair. 
on his face. He just the sobbing. Oh my gosh. So, and that's what set Maggie off was seeing him in that yeah. kind of despair and, and upset. But the yeah. whole reason the lights went off was because Dean and Charles were verbally sparring with each other. Yeah, this was, this was a little bit of the return of the Dean that we didn't like before, but with the difference that we now have a little bit of a soft spot for him and we understand that there he's going through some major issues. I mean, he's not only is he on dialysis, I mean, they're putting him on a list for a transplant. So mm -hmm. this has gotten serious. Um, and, and of course he would get this paraplegic or paraplegic. Yeah. Like Dean said to dr charles towards the end you know here this is like this able-bodied person that is just willing to just give it up um when he's experiencing something that he has no control over and he's going to obviously have to give up some things that he's been doing i can definitely see where his mind was he was a little too grumpy especially with dr charles which i'm not like he got a little too rough and you definitely were bullying your patient so not okay not okay. I did laugh a little bit. And, and this is kind of what you talked about last week, where now when he's like this, we're just like, oh, Dean. And we, and like when he went back in the room for the patient. And he, yeah, he, I don't even remember how it was worded, but just the look on his face. And he was like, no, I don't need to. <laughs> it just made me laugh. But that was, you know, you can't, you can't speak to Charles like that. You, Dr. Charles, you can't, you just don't get to, especially because, I mean, Charles made a good case. And it was, yes, does it seem, it's not logical that this fully able-bodied person feels like they should be paralyzed. It's it's not logical, but that doesn't mean that because you lack some sort of logistical idea of something, it doesn't mean that you aren't competent. It doesn't mean that you aren't functional. It doesn't mean that you can't make your own decisions. And Charles had to be forceful with him about that. And I think that yeah. one, that set Dean off too. Like, you no, I know what's right. I'm the doctor. And- yeah, but you know, like I guess the reason we forgive Dean now too is because at least now he is willing to come and admit his mistakes. I mean, he came back into that room like the little dog with his tail between his legs, sort of, when he was kind of like, "Oh yeah, I got the second opinion. They agree." And he was like, mm, "Kind of sorry that I, you know." I mean, he kind of jumped in there with like explaining, and I loved how Doctor Charles was so cold. He was like, "Mm-hmm, mm -hmm, until he told him what was going on and his whole demeanor changed and he was he finally understood like what was going on here and um i don't know i'm a little worried about this kidney storyline though i think i'm just being honest i think we've been worried about that for a while because we've grown attached but i did i the other thing about dean that i want to mention about dean before we move on to the the next one but when dean went in there not only would he never before have apologized not only would he never given of himself so much but he didn't even give Dr. Charles a chance to make him feel better about it. Yeah. He just left the room after he yeah. said that. And I think, but the message to Dr. That that sent to Dr. Charles was his, how he reacted to Liliana when she told him about the yeah. house she wanted to buy and how he said to her, I mean, was he right? Yes, he was right. You probably just shouldn't yeah. take someone's word for it that it's a great deal. You probably should do a little more research on a house you're going to buy. So he was right. And that's what it kind of, my instinct was to be like, oh, Dr. Charles, don't say it was selfish. But it was selfish because he was worried that she was going to not be with him when she was getting her own place. This was such a self-aware moment for myself because I am so often this like, let's just like 
poop on somebody's party like when they like are excited about something and I'm like well did you think of this like because this could happen and like I am so bad about that I do it to my husband probably way too often he's always like can you ever just be supportive and I'm like well I am being supportive I'm just trying to make sure you see all the options so this was definitely a self-aware moment when you get to watch somebody else do it I'm like oh yeah that was terrible I really should stop doing that <laughs> because I was like I probably would have reacted exactly the same and it would have been terrible so you want to protect them you don't want to see them fail or falter but sometimes they have to fail or falter to learn a lesson but Liliana was so sweet when when she said that no I I completely agree but yeah I was glad that that when she made her little mention about I mean she sort of reassured him at the end like even though like I mean this wasn't about them not being not her being with him like you know she's just I don't know it was cute she said I've uh, this has been a dream of mine, but I didn't want to settle in Chicago until now because you are in Chicago. <laughs> I love what she said because as a fellow Midwesterner, I mean, I'm two hours from Chicago, so I totally get this comment when she said, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to stay here through all of Chicago's terrible winters. And remember, I'm from Poland. <laughs> Boy, lady, do I get you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that was, that was, and I think Dr. Charles needs that reassurance, especially on the face of Dean, because I'm sure Dr. Charles is a human being. He's not Superman. So when Dr. Archer was saying those things to him, I'm sure part of him started to wonder, am I really doing this right? Am I doing it this way? And so it was nice to have her come in and assure her of yeah. some of those things, assure him. And I mean, yeah. we didn't see a lot of Dean outside of this case. It was mainly him, Charles, and this Kurt Ledger guy, which... Isn't that the name of a, the guitarist in Metallica? Kurt Ledger? Oh my gosh, maybe. I don't know. It sounds familiar now that you say it, though. When I saw his last name, I'm like, mm, that can't be right. But it, it, that's who it was. But we, we see Dean mainly just in the scope of this one case. Uh, yeah. And last week, we got a lot of him with Hannah. We got a little bit of her in the beginning with Dean when he confesses to her, you know, I have kidney failure. And she tries to push him to tell Sean and it's not something he wants. He, 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 he's not open to that idea at all. But what I loved about this episode is when we first see Hannah, she's on the elevator with with Sean and how natural did that look? You know, I'm like when I, I I think I definitely want that to happen, even though I'm not sure that it's going to at all. I really don't think it's going to, but I think she's going to end back up with Will is what I, what I'm thinking now, seeing how song and him were this week. I think she's going to end up back with Will. I hope I, I prefer well I'm okay with either one of those options just not Dean <laughs> definitely not Dean definitely not Dean I just it's not right let's I don't know I just I'm not for it we'll see no. <laughs> but I mean she I got an if- opportunity to be a true blue OB this week which we haven't yeah. seen her be in a long time and that was <laughs> this, this this pregnant woman Sarah Watson comes in convinced by her son Ryan and I just I love that kid, but I really, I really liked about this episode even more than that. First of all, I'm watching with my kids, right? Because they wanted to watch Med and Fire mm-hmm. with me, so I'm watching with my kids. And yeah. when I saw Crockett come in there, and I saw the attachment of Ryan to his mom, the very first thing that popped in my head is, "You better not kill this woman." Yeah. I cannot. Yeah, I I cannot believe they killed this woman. But it was nice. Yeah. The reason I liked this storyline is because, like we've been talking about, we've missed the original Crockett. The Crockett yes. who came in there, we've missed him. And we've mentioned this before, and thank God you reminded me, because now that's all I think about when I see Crockett, is that he lost his his child very young. 
So when it comes to kids, he's very, very in it. He's very, very present. And he offered to watch this kid while Sarah goes back to get, because her water breaks, he offers to watch him. And the fact that he gets to hold this, this boy, when Hannah comes to the doors and she has that sad news, I'm so glad it was Crockett that was sitting there with this kid. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be the one to deliver that, but I'm glad. I think that this is going to break something in Crockett in a good way. Um, I think it's, yeah, I agree. Um, but like you like I was saying, on top of like getting to see him, we get to see a little bit of old Crockett in the two. I realize in this episode, we have not seen him interact with other people other than like when he's doing a surgery. So I don't think I've ever seen him have a scene with Hannah before. And I like it was it was a nice like like we got to see that Crockett when he was comforting her when she was giving some backstory that we've never gotten from Hannah, which I cannot believe you become an OB when this was like your childhood that your mother died and died in childbirth because I mean you have to assume as an OB more often than you should you lose the mother and you have to probably watch this happen over and over again. Um but just seeing him the way he comforted her, I'm like, this, this is the Crockett we love. And this mm-hmm. is the Crockett that we need. So nice to see him out of 2.0, which is kind of funny because we just talked about that last week. So it's like they are listening to us and they're mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let's beam an episode away from 2.0. And that was, the, I, I just, I like the idea that FFC is so important to the Chicago showrunners that they take what we say very seriously. And I think- I mean, I said, as it should be. Yes. I mean, our opinions are gold, I think. <laughs> they, they are. I mean, we could practically write these things ourselves. I mean, we won't because we're not going to be as good as you guys. But I think I think that what, and this is why I think it's going to break Crockett in the best way. And I think you hit it right on the head because he has this interaction with someone other than a machine for once that he realizes how important and how vital staying true to your patients and caring for your patients above all else is going to become he's going to pull away from that need to be the best instead of i mean because obviously as a doctor you want to be the best because you're saving lives so you want to be real good at what you do but he has been so focused on i have to be the best of everything for when 2.0 came in it's almost like he let that override him because well, this is how I get to be the best is 2.0. So I need to put all my trust in there. It's the only way to help, but he's forgotten a little bit how yeah. close you need to be to people. So that I think it's the Ryan kid compiled with how he allowed Hannah to confess and how he sat there and listened to her and he held her and he hugged her as he did this. I think that's really, mm-hmm. I think we're going to start to see all these things compile to bring Crockett back. And, you know, it's because what she said was so powerful. And she said, I've been so angry at my mom for, and this is, this was kind of a, especially for me, as I'm going through these illnesses, the sickness, I still try to like put my kids first and I still try Mm -hmm. to do things for them. Even when I don't feel well and when I don't feel great. And for her to say, I've been so angry at my mom that she put herself last and her kids first to her detriment. And she died because of it. And you see that that was why she was so passionate. That's why she was so passionate about, I almost said Hunter for some reason, about Sean knowing about Dean's kidney. I was a little fearful of this though, because Dean, it's Dean's medical information. And as a doctor, you are not supposed to break that. Of course, he didn't tell her as his doctor. So there is a loophole there. 
that she's not his doctor. She's a friend. And he didn't tell her in the capacity of her being his doctor. Just because Mm -hmm. she happens to be one doesn't negate that. But you know that Dean is going to see this as a betrayal because she went right to Sean and said, if it were me, I would want to know. I mean, he is. He is. I I think he will get over it. Absolutely. Um, But because obviously we know he does have a soft spot for Hannah too. So I think it'll be okay. If anyone else had done it, they'd be in trouble. But Hannah will probably get away with it. Well, we also saw some self-realization from Dean this week. So I think that he's going to recognize, okay, this needed to happen. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. I agree. But Um, I mean, as if this news, as as if the mom dying on a table with this boy. And I'm so glad that they didn't just end it there of your mom died and then they walked away from the story because I would have been very upset to not know what's going to happen with that boy. He and his newborn baby sister, his aunt and uncle want to take them in. So he's got a place yeah. to go. But as if, as if this no. wasn't a bad enough note to end this episode on, we find out exactly who Jack Dayton cares about on top of that, which is I just, self and money. I have to admit, I mean, I know that we had talked about, we went back and forth on Jack Dayton, but I think we, I don't know. I thought that Jack had the best intention still. I thought we were going to see that even though he might make some mistakes and he might obviously there were he wasn't going to be able to stick around I, I really didn't think that he would be the person that would turn them into like a for-profit hotel or a for-profit hospital mm-hmm. I that. um but he is and that's that is not gonna fly and i just i really can't wait to see this battle happen um i loved when peter came in to share his office because you don't see him very often and like sometimes i like him sometimes i don't he, i he love him all forth. the time he's neurotic i love it <laughs> when he was like he talked to jack and he told me he didn't give me any information but he told me not to worry and in my head i thought well now i'd be worried and as soon as he did he said and that makes me worry <laughs> I'm like exactly don't tell somebody not to worry because then i'm immediately worried i mean they should be and this was george like we talked about george you, you mentioned him a little bit earlier the fact that he did go back to Jack and sort of get some information for Sharon. I was like, okay, cool. Cause I've been worried about him and where he stands on all of this. Um, I think he proved last week that he's a doctor first, Like he is on the board because he believes in the vision of making medicine better. But I mm-hmm. think that he, that was what he understood Jack to be doing. He understood Jack to be making medicine better for everyone. And I think the fact that George showed up to share, because even Sharon said, well, a phone call would have been fine, but he was clearly upset and distressed by what Jack had told him. And he, and yeah. I love that end scene where they just, they open the door and you see George and Peter and Sharon. And I think there was a couple other people in there calling all the board members. They're all working together to get this stopped. That shows that he's, George can't be bought. He can't just, he's not just, he's not on the board just because, oh, Jack Dayton's my hero. He's on the board because he actually believed that some tech in the hospitals can make patients' viability and patients' lives better. And when that was no longer the case, when he wanted, when Jack became greedy, and I agree with you, I thought that maybe, maybe what Jack would do is try to push tech so hard in the idea, kind of along what I was thinking with Song, pushing tech so hard because he thinks, well, I'm going to solve these problems before the problems. That's what I thought we were going to get from Jack. And I thought that's where our issue is going to lie with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty disappointed that he's become this money hungry person. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly disappointed. They did that to the character. I wanted to like I'm him. Really, 
I didn't see that coming because I wanted like I thought maybe there would be a way to like redeeming even after like we had our battle against like you know Jack Dayton but it's it's not gonna happen now and I mean well, the only bad thing about this is like this is an exciting storyline and we gotta wait like forever to see but I think I've heard that once this comes back we're here till the finale like there's no more breaks until the finale so that's promising I guess why the month break though I mean we just had a two-week break why are we going on a month break I don't know I guess maybe so we can just have all, all the way up to the finale now I, don't I mean know. I guess it's 21 episodes because I mean by the time this comes out we're only gonna have three or four more episodes yeah I think it should be 22 all right so we're gonna have one every week for the month of May so, so, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's it just, because there's so many breaks, it feels like we're getting a shortened season, but we're not. We're getting the same amount of episodes. It's just played out weird. Is it always like this? I don't know. Well, th- I mean, I think last year was the first year I've ever watched live and I don't really remember because I think I started watching live like halfway through. Like, uh, I don't think I, so I don't know. That's a good call. I don't think any of us have watched it all live. <laughs> we're jumping ahead just, just a tiny little bit, but we'll go ahead and blame, um, what was his name? Samantha Beck's dad, because the major event is happening on May 28th. So we have to back our finale up to then. So oh, we'll gotcha. We got to make that. I think that's what's going to happen. You were saying. Like, yeah. Because that falls on a Wednesday, I'm pretty sure. Mm-mm. So I think it's. Does it not? No, it falls on a Sunday. Well, then I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> May 31st is the last Wednesday in May, but the 24th will be the last one. May 24th okay. will be the last because there's five Wednesdays in May. So May 24th will be the last one that we get. Okay. Close enough, I guess. <laughs> Chicago World make it May 28th that day, I guess. They will. I would love for this to be like some big crossover. I know it's not, but wouldn't this have been the perfect opportunity for that to have been a huge crossover? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if, if that guy in PD, Richard, if he intends to cause a lot of death and harm and sickness and wounds there's med coming in and if it's uh basically a terrorist event that's fire coming in with their squad and all their remedies so there's this potential an oppor- to do that i know but there was an opportunity to have a three-part crossover i'm just saying that's what they should have done well the, maybe the finale will be that maybe but i haven't heard any news about crossovers being filmed we'll see though I mean, we might not. Maybe this is something that they want to keep as a surprise to all of us who love it so much. I love that. I would love that. Well, what what do we see in the preview? Um, I think really it looks like mostly it's just about Dean and uh, Again. his kidney. He's not happy with Hannah, that's for sure, for mm. telling Sean. Um, because now Sean's offering to give a kidney, like I said he was going to do. And now I just have to like cross my fingers that he doesn't die on the table because i feel like that's just something that chicago would do to us don't do that dick wolf don't do that you've got four months to rectify it if you have already made that your decision hope i hope that that is not the case not just for for my benefit even though it like i definitely don't want it to happen but for dean i think that Mm -hmm. would break and i think it would break hannah for the fact that she told him and I, i think it would be really bad It'll be relapses and death and people leaving the show. And we don't need that much of an exodus. I don't think they would kill Dean. Mm-mm. But I guess, you know what? I'm not going to put it past anyone to do anything. 
but maybe well, they'll let like, us off. Go on. The cat's back. You know, you can only get off. He did pretty good. He made it staying in here through almost a whole <laughs> one show. And, you know, I think, I hope anyway, that the one giant death that we've had this year so far is enough to satisfy. Or wait, did Evan? He died in the beginning of this season, didn't he? Yeah. In fire. We're, we're due for Yeah. No, maybe one big one a year is all we really need. I mean, I hope so. But I'm just saying it could definitely happen. Please don't end murdering one of our new favorite characters and then abandoning us for four months. Don't do that. <laughs> that would be so wrong. We just have to wonder and think about how Dean is faring over the entire summer. That would be so mean. It would be so mean. But I, if you remember correctly, some of these finales have been really mean. We were just fortunate enough that we were binge watching so we could just move right on. I didn't think about that when I got caught up. Yeah, they're pretty mean most of the time. Meds are usually a mistake. Ned has me hopeful because Ned is usually good with like crossovers. It's it's fire. Shouldn't that make you nervous that we haven't seen a big death in Med so far? Yeah, I mean it does, but it also thinks maybe it just won't happen because maybe we have so many deaths with like patients that they're just not going to do it. That was my thinking. There's already enough death on Med. We don't need more. So I mean that's that's all we have on Med for the next month. So that's coming back May third. And like we said last week, all these previews for the past few weeks have been very Dean Archer heavy, and this is no different. All we saw in the preview was just Dean. So you got to know that this transplant is going to be a massive deal because they've been building up to it every week in the previews for the last three episodes at least. So we have that to freak out about for a month. (laughs) And now we're going to jump into fire. And I wanted to begin talking about this episode with the celebration of Tony. And he is, I don't know if you guys know this, but he, I'm sure you do. If you're listening to a Chicago podcast, it's because you love this show and you're aware of who everybody is. But Tony is the one real firefighter on Chicago. And so what I wanted to do, because I thought it was odd that they were like celebrating his streak because he just was very suddenly front and center. So I thought, I wonder if this is something he's experiencing in real life that they're celebrating. So I looked into it. It's not. But after doing some digging, Tony is his real name. It's Anthony Ferreris, but he's been in 192 episodes of Chicago Fire, and he actually rides with Squad 2 in Engine 91 in Chicago. So he actually is a squad um, driver. But the, the first day of filming, he was just supposed to be an extra, and he actually showed up to the set for a friend. He was there with a friend. And they liked Tony. (laughs) So they asked him to come on. And (laughs) I don't know if his friend also got it. He didn't mention that. But the first day of filming, they realized nobody knew how to drive a truck. So they asked him, would you be willing to drive? And Tony was like, yeah, sure, I'll drive it. And that's how he became a permanent part of of Chicago Fire. So he was just an action to start, but they needed more. And this week we get to celebrate him. So I want to make sure that we started talking about him. And it's the... um, it was the record in the Chicago fire department for most shifts shown up for. It was a streak of working without calling in sick. And I just love how invested cap and Mouch are in this mm-hmm. and cap making sure, but it got me like every time I saw them, like I got filled with a little bit of anxiety through the episode. Yeah. Me too. I was getting really nervous. Like, like, Oh my God, something's going to happen to me. Yes. But 
that one that one scene where they were all walking out and Mouch and Cap are going, no, anything is dangerous. There's a boat, no boating, no formula or whatever. And that canister started rolling towards them. I actually went, oh no. And my daughters went, what? <laughs> like I did too. I got so worried about him the whole episode. I was like, oh my God, something's gonna happen. The I don't know. There was everything. The bees, like all of it. I was like, oh my God, something's gonna happen. It was terrifying i wish they hadn't done that to me if i'm the <laughs> exactly because tony we've fallen in love with tony and this is another one where chicago has listened to the fandom because the fandom has said we want more cap and we want more tony and they've been steadily giving us more of both so i mean that's great i did laugh really hard when he showed up with food poisoning and mouch yes. said how many of those things did you eat well that's like eight do- hot dogs that shouldn't make you sick and Herman went, yes, it should. What kind of hot dogs are you eating? <laughs> the best part, though, was afterwards, like back at Cindy's party, after he's all healed up or whatever. He, like, he's literally just better. It's the same day. He's eating them again. And they're like, are you serious? <laughs> I love it because we got him defending Joe in the previous episode. We got him celebrated in this episode. And I think it's about time because, I mean, honestly... I think all of our service workers should be honored more than they are. I think police and firefighters and nurses and doctors who put their lives on the line for us, they should be honored. And so it was really nice that they did this. They had a whole episode that had his storyline trickle throughout there to celebrate what he does and who he is. And fans are getting what they request left and right on this. They, we want a more cap. We got it. We want a more Tony. We got it. We wanted to fall more in love with Carter and we got it. However, what we are unsure about, at least FFC is unsure about, is um, Carver and Violet together. I don't know. Like, I I even wanted him to have a love interest. I'm going to go on record that this is not what I meant. Okay. Like, <laughs> Be that, more specific that, when you request these things in the future, Jeanette. Apparently. apparently. Um, it, but the thing is with Carver and Violet, I mean, it's clear this episode, I mean, we've been speculating. I think this episode is absolutely clear that they're trying to go somewhere with this because, I mean, they're flirting they are with their you know in in violet kind of flirting because she's kind of mean to people when she flirts with them like that's just sort of the way she does it and i I think it's working like when he comes over to help her with like the light like the light fixture or whatever i mean that point he tells her him and seager are no longer doing anything that was short-lived and she's like oh okay you know and real awkwardly so i mean it's it's clear this is what's happening and you know what they got chemistry they do and normally I would be for this because it's kind of a perfect type like banter between the two of them. I like it a lot. If sweet little Gallo didn't exist, I would be for this a hundred percent. But right now I'm not. That's my problem too. We just, yes, Carver and Violet they do have chemistry. And yes, we actually, we love Carver now. We've seen him come full circle into 51 and fully drink the Kool-Aid of their, of how they run and how they do things and how good they are. And he's for it. And you called it too when you said, see, I, I can give credit when people are right and I didn't get it. You said he is not going to be with Seeger long because he wants to settle down. And we saw that this week where he said, no, that's long overdue. It was just a short casual thing. And so that's why it was short because it was casual. And I think what's interesting here, and this is why I, this is why I was kind of like, I don't like this. She's got to be with Gala because I think she picked up on the fact that she was being, she's, I think she's attracted to Carver. I think how how can you not be attracted to Carver? He's a good looking guy, right? 
and he's doing yeah. the, he's doing things for her and he's funny and he banters back with her and they've got bits that they do and it's entertaining and he's they help grumpy. each other out. Yes. He's like grumpy. Just for whatever reason, is super attractive to us girls. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I don't get it, it works. But I, mean, I, would, I would even say that like on, pa- like on paper, her and Carver are better suited. Mm-hmm. But we've already... We already feel something for Gallo. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could bring in someone else for him that I would love as much as I liked, that he not even I don't even need to love him. If he could feel for them the way he feels for Violet, mm-hmm. cool. Let's do this. I'm cool with both. It's not like I'm dead set on Violet needs to be with Gallo. I kind of Gallo needs, and so as long as Gallo can be happy, I'm cool with however you want to do it. But if he's gonna get his heart broken, then no, don't. Mm-hmm. And you know that he would by this. And again, like what we talked about last week, Carver and Gallo get along so well, and they've kind of joined forces on Fifty One, and they're they're the ones who are really connected. On, yeah. I mean, they're they're all connected to everybody, but him and Carver is he he meshed with Gallo more than anybody else on the team. And honestly, I think, I mean, it's terrible though, but that will make a fabulous storyline because Carver will not go for it mm-hmm. because of how he feels about Gallo. But and he has to know whole... it first. I don't well, think he's aware. Like he's hiding his feelings for that. It would make a great storyline if I'm like being honest. Mm-hmm. But I don't think well, we'll get an opportunity to see that yet because he's not aware of how Gallo feels for her yet. The other reason why I'm so, because obviously all the reasons we talked about why Gallo and Violet work together, why we like them together. And Gallo is such, where Carver is, you can see that he's not all grump right now. He's, the more he connects with people, the more he becomes a little more lighthearted. But Gallo is yeah. so goofy. And I think yeah. I like Carver as he is. I don't need him to be goofier. I like him as he is. Yeah. But I think Gallo's goofy personality complements Violet so well. And in the scene this week where she's he's helping Carver is helping her with the light, I think one of the reasons she gets uncomfortable is because it's the first time she realizes, uh-oh, I might be giving something to him i might be giving off something and i think she does as we've seen we talked last again we talked last week where they said we're better off as friends but neither one of them seemed to believe that neither one of them really yeah. seemed to want that so i think that her uncomfortableness i don't think it had anything to do with evan i think it had everything to do with the fact that she does have feelings for gallo and she recognizes yeah. gallo and carver are close and she doesn't want to touch that and that's why she said yeah, i'll finish this up on my own you go ahead you go yeah maybe because it can't still be about Evan. I mean, I love that they're honoring his character, but it cannot still be him. Now, it could be him in the way that, but I feel like it would apply to Gallo as well, in the way that she wouldn't want to get involved with someone in the that works in in that line of work because of it being dangerous. I could see where that might follow her, but that would be the same situation with Gallo, so it wouldn't make a difference there, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, nothing gets by Ritter. And I just, I love how they're, when, I love that when Ritter doesn't have a, which by the way, when are we going to have a storyline that's Ritter heavy? Have we? No, no, it needs to be soon. We haven't had one of those in a very long time. No, I mean, not since, I mean, we, a little bit with his, like, you know, origin story. When he first joined, there was a little bit there. And then a little bit, I guess, with that one city official, but that was just an episode. So mm-hmm. I'd I mean, love to see more for sure. 
Absolutely. Because he is always the supporting cast for all these relationships. And so yes. he's there with, uh, with Mouch and he was there with Mouch last week. He was there with Tony this week. And he also, I mean, obviously he realizes something's going on with Gallo because he says, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on? You've been weird all day. So he tells Carver what's going on with Gallo and Gar- Carver actually gets to play a big role in reconnecting Gallo and his family. But that was largely due to Ritter. And that was another thing because I forgot. It's been so long since we talked about Gallo's origin story. I forgot his brother or his sister and his mom and his dad passed away in a fire. So when that woman came up on the street, my daughter was like, who's that? Like, it could be his mom, maybe? Maybe his sister? Those are the two names I came up with (laughs) in the episode. No, Ritter said that. I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. See, I did remember. And so when I saw this woman, I was like, well, who the hell is that because like I knew I'm like that can't be his mom like who could this woman be that mm-hmm. he's so freaked out by but I guess we're introducing his aunt which I don't know I'm upset with this storyline a little bit too if I'm being honest with you because mm-hmm. why did we need to introduce this woman and let him let us see his pain let us see his hurt that he's feeling by her like leaving and abandoning him after the fire and then about the time he sees left, I think he's going to end up coming around. I think they're going to be able to forge some sort of relationship again. She doesn't know this, so she's out drinking, you know, whatever. And car accident, cool, she might be dead. So that's really fun. But we don't know if she was drinking. We just know that she was parked outside the bar in the passenger seat and was hit by another driver. Yeah, but he said she was at the bar. That was the phone call he got or the text or whatever it was. And she said that she used to be, that she was an alcoholic and drugs and all that. So my guess is. I thought it was just the location that pinged on his phone that, oh, my aunt's here. See, now that was something I didn't, I rewatched this episode and I still couldn't figure out like, how do you, are you just checking her location? Did she send you the pin? Because if she's sober enough to send you her location, then it's, you know, because it was a location that was sent to him. that i was just thinking she was drunk and she needed him so she sent the location but then she got in the car with somebody else who was drunk that's just purely what i got what i took it as but she wasn't they were fully parked between two cars it was another car that came and smacked them she was in the passenger side of Mm -hmm. a car that was parked there so it it was either another drunk driver another random accident that came into the car Mm -hmm. because they weren't her car wasn't driving that's true Either way, it was unnecessary, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I mean, they, we can't, they like, cannot move. kill her. No. But they can't. Fire seems to be the most mean. Fire's very mean. And it could be something to, like, drive him into a spiral that, like, Violet and Carver are going to have to help dig mm-hmm. him out. and Find a different way. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> it, it very well. Right, find a different freaking way dick wolf i don't i'm just saying i don't i don't don't cuss okay i don't but these are the times when i take enjoyment that that is what his first name is because um it's 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 accurate at this point don't (laughs) so so i know i know but i'm what i my hope is because okay his aunt comes back and oh my gosh watching him open that storage unit and playing That musical, even my nine-year-old daughter sitting next to me started to cry when he Gallo yeah. lost it hearing his little sister's voice. I mean, that was so pain. Why do you need to topple pain on top of pain on top of pain? Why? Gallo, when you make, when you bring in a character who's already suffered so intensely, why do you have to keep piling it on him? 
Like we we need he's to see the work of this. Yeah, I mean, he's got by far, in my opinion, the worst backstory of any of them. Well, like, Carver's got a pretty horrible one. Yeah, his is. I, I still think I would venture to say that Gallows is worse. I mean, it's it's certainly one of the worst. But Carver's like more traumatic in. Yes. In, okay. I'll but, give. Yeah, I'll agree with that. But sadness, I think Gallows is the saddest. Yes, I agree with that completely. Maybe. And I think get, what Carver said to him is. And this is this is the kicker because Carver said not everybody tries to make up for it. So if she dies, not only is Gallo going to be left with the fact that I rejected her, I pushed her into this, she was where she was because I pushed her into it. And then there's also going to be Carver's voice in his head saying not everyone tries to make up for it. So it's just going to be he's going to pull away from Carver too if this happens. So I don't I genuinely don't think she's going to die. I think there's a reason they put her in the passenger seat and had the driver's side get hit because I think that she's going to be okay. Part of me actually thought maybe she was someone else's sponsor or she met up with her sponsor. Her sponsor came to pick her up outside the bar. So she was just telling Gallo, you know, I'm safe, come here, whatever. And I I don't think she actually did take a drink. I hope that that's the way they're going to go, that she didn't take a drink. She did the responsible thing as an addict, talked to a sponsor or sat with a sponsor or she was sponsoring someone else. Because we can't we can't keep this cycle of perpetual pain. What they do is bad enough. We don't need to continue packing it on there. So, I mean, obviously, we're going to have to learn what happens there next, the next episode. We have to. They can't just. Yeah. That's one thing that Fire is fairly good about is picking up where it left yeah. off. So I think yeah, that we, when it returns in a month, we will see maybe even squad coming there to take her out of the car or him calling, you know, the rest of the people they're taking her out of the car. Maybe Matt Casey, maybe that's what gets Matt Casey to stay is Matt will try to be there for Gallo. Maybe maybe because I mean, obviously I don't think we're done with Matt Casey either. We can't. No, I, now I don't know if we're, I mean, we might be done. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot more of him this season. We have to, but I, I don't know if we will. I'm not thankful. I'm not hopeful, I mean, for that. Um, they couldn't have gone through but, the trouble of having Stella say, oh, there isn't anybody, is there? And then ending the episode with Sylvie sobbing. Like, well, I I think we are definitely, I think in this, in my opinion, this episode showed us that we will be getting him back. Mm-hmm. But it might be next season. Because he mentioned that, I guess, the youngest boy is going off to college next year, which would be after the summer. Which means then he is free to come back here. Like he told Bowden, things just need to align. Which was Sylvie. Right. So this was promising for me that he will be back next season. I really think they might do it. I want them to do it so much. Like, I'm going to be really disappointed if they said those words in this episode. And then they don't make it happen. And I do think uh, that watching him make that save with Gallo, obviously he's going to, and then when Gallo calls him captain, he said, thank you, captain, the look on Matt's face. So I think there's a lot of things that are speaking to him coming back to 51, but I think that they're at least at the very least, if they don't make him permanent for the rest of this season, they have to at least have one conversation between Matt and Sylvie before the end yes. of the season. I mean, they, they can't leave it where it is until next season because otherwise he's no, not going to come would, back. Because I mean, if, get one well, yeah, because he said to Bowden, things have to align. And Bowden said, like, Sylvie or whatever. And then the alarm went off. So, and but, yeah, he what? Yeah. Bowden said, like, what? He didn't get to answer because the alarms went off or whatever. But obviously, we know what we're yeah. talking about here. 
I mean, they've been speaking in this code all season. That's the other reason I think a conversation at the very least is going to happen this season because the way Sylvie and Kelly had been talking about Matt coming back and the way that they've been talking about how much regret Sylvie has and all this, there's, there's going to be a confirmation that is going to confirm to Matt that Sylvie wants him still, that Sylvie is still in love with him, that Sylvie still prefers him. And even with Dylan, like she, she broke it off with Dylan because she didn't want to be serious because she was still in love with Matt. And then she went back to him because she thought, well, I'm just going to be, I'm not going to put anything on it. So even that, it's not like I have great feelings for Dylan. It was everything that she's doing is through the lens of Matt. So there has yeah. to be, they've been building this up. Maybe the finale will be them, him coming back in it. Cause there's this, this Homeland security thing is a little weird to me. I mean, that feels like yeah. a weird reason to bring her back. Well, and I mean, the fact that we're using Stella to be a part of this. I think they're preparing to get her to go. Could this, could this Homeland Security thing tie in with what's happening on PD? Uh, ooh. Why didn't I connect that dot? I honestly didn't till this moment. So it's okay. It was this very moment that I was like, oh, maybe this is the Beck guy. That finale like strange... episode is going to be so good. I I have high hopes. But now that like Stella is like being a part of this, is she going to be, is her life going to be in peril along with Ruzik's? Because that's going to be a little too much to handle. <laughs> I mean, but the good thing is, is Ruzik's comes third. So, I mean, we won't know about Ruzik until after Stella. It'll be the, it'll be the last one that I see. Yeah. The last image I'm worrying about all summer. Um. <laughs> The only thing worse is if, like, for some reason, Will Halstead's there. You know, this is the only <laughs> way to make it any worse, okay? Yeah, but, like, that would, like, but, I mean, honestly, her being in danger again, if we know that Taylor's coming back, could be the way to, like, get Sebride to get his butt back home. I think that Not might that be how want- they do it. Yeah. Look at, see, we're just writing the story for them. Just, <laughs> okay. You don't confuse us, Dick Wolf. We've got you figured out. We. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that with with all of these situations now that see now we know, I'm so excited now. <laughs> this is that this is a thing. Even if they don't confirm it's a thing, we have that it's a thing. So I'm going to be excited until that finale episode that I know for a fact now. I'm going to call it fact. And then what if they disappoint? And I'm going to be like, I had a better storyline here, okay? <laughs> we set this up for you! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, there's even greater hope now that... Because it honestly, that makes the most sense because we know how they, how they work. After 11 seasons, we kind of have an idea for how Dick Wolf works or how the showrunner works. Because we keep blaming Dick Wolf, but he's not the only writer. <laughs> he's not the showrunner no. either. It's just his he's company. A, a producer. Like, he doesn't have anything. <laughs> storylines <laughs> it's wolf entertainment but still i think that we've understand now how they work and how they connect us to these characters and so we can guess now pretty assuredly that the final episode is going to be matt casey will be there part of this homeland security thing with the pd show oh but i don't know matt can go on back to portland no he's not going to if, if he's the because oh, he was even the keynote speaker mm-hmm. for this and he said when he heard chicago he had to come back I just heard how I said Chicago right then, and now I'm very self-conscious. That's how we say it, too, right? Look, but if there's going to be, like, a terrorist attack, I need him to go back to Portland. Mm -mm. He's not. Mm. If they're going to be involved in this, Casey's going to be there. 
That would also be, look here, I'm going to throw out another storyline. That would also be a way to get Brett and Casey to admit their feelings for each other. That's what I'm saying. I mean, everybody's going to just fall in love with each other, like here, because (laughs) Gala Violet could do this. Like, it could be perfect, right? She could see a repeat of what almost happened to Hawkins and realize that, you know, she needs to tell him. Okay, Violet does not need that, though. (laughs) Violet does not need to witness another Hawkins-like event. Well, Kim doesn't need to witness any other trauma either, and we know she's going to, so. Well, I think that's the one that I don't like, but... If if it is this, Matt Casey's got to be involved. I'm okay with that because I know that they are not insane enough. I mean, killing off Matt Casey no. after you just brought him back would be like killing off Cindy Herman. Like, there's they're not you stupid might- people. They're not going to do that. No, you might as well cancel the show because no one's watching anymore. Exactly. So you know Matt Casey's going to be just fine. His the reason he is the head of this is to tie it all together. And to cement his place back at 51 to protect Sylvie, to be with Sylvie. So either they after this, they're going to leave. But I think now I'm leaning more towards Jesse Spencer is going to be back. Not Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. Yeah. Spencer. I got there's confused no with Jesse to- Lee Sofer for a minute. No, there's no reason for them not to come back. Not when, like, like I said, I'm pretty sure I've heard that he was willing to come back. I think he just wanted a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we're hearing that as far as Matt's character is not being tied down after you know starting next year there's no yeah. reason for him not to and i they do they write strategically they wouldn't say it's like the thing with kelly that they said a couple weeks ago where he's excited to come back they aren't gonna put these things in there unless there's a reason because otherwise they have no reason to be said it's just right. that's bad writing if that's what you're doing and they aren't bad they've proven consistently they aren't bad writers so yeah. i i don't i can't imagine that that's what they're gonna do but I think it's clear that he's going to come back for Sylvie, especially seeing her sob. Matt's not going to like that. And I mean, this is another one where just like with Matt, we're waiting another month before we see it. Yeah. And I don't know if Matt will be back that week. I, I I don't know, but we do get the, I wonder if this is like a trial run, the level one hazmat that we see in the preview. Do you think that could be like a trial run for this group? It could be. It could be. Because now that's all think- I'm thinking since you brought that up. <laughs> like, I didn't even connect that dot at all. No, it could be. And I mean, I don't know. We've got, I don't know, Carver's in danger again. And I'm like, Jesus, like, do we have to keep doing this? Like, well, that's like Carver's long. And there's been several episodes where, like, the previews have led me to believe something bad's going to happen to him. I'm like, come <laughs> on. It's always him and Gallo in the previews because even oh, in the previews, Gallo was saying, "I'm itch, my arms are itching like crazy," and he had all these layers of gear on. Carver's mask was kicked off his face, mm. and when he fell on the ground, yeah. it was all white except for around his mouth was like bright red, like, and he was like twitching on the ground. So I'm very, <laughs> I mean, what is it? I wonder. Like, it's just, I don't know. It sounds crazy, but I can't think of. I, I'm not. Well, I'm not up enough on like terrorist powders that I don't know what it could be. I don't know my terrorists, like my all these agents. I don't know this stuff. So thank God we yeah. won't be put on any lists after this episode, but you know, it's something. I have no clue. <laughs> I wonder if the last four episodes are going to tie all three shows together. I would love it. Although I don't, my thing is, I can't figure out how mid would tie in i mean clearly carver's gonna have to go to med yeah but it goes first and so that's where i don't know how that works you know well we i think that we're gonna see them separate 
for th- roughly three episodes. And yeah. I think the final one, I mean, we'll see Carver Ahmed because he's going to have to go there. But I think yeah. that we'll see him separate until the, fin- my hope is that we'll see him separate until the finale. And each one is going to build up and build up and build up. And then the finale, yeah. they're all going to be there like, okay, this is this is what we need to be here doing. That's my hope. And yeah. I think that would be such an interesting take on it. Yeah, that's true. And we've proven our prowess at uh, the Chicagoland. So take our advice or else. Ooh, that sounded a little terroristy. I didn't mean it to sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're taking this like getting right in character. <laughs> so that's in a month. And now we get to, now I intentionally, when I, when I organize our shows, when we talk about this, I intentionally leave Jeanette's favorite parts for last because I like her to cover her favorite parts and we're just going to leave you happy at the end of the shows. Yes. And this week we did return to a case that has been looming for what seems like months now and it's still not finished because we started with, gosh, was that? Was that two months ago ish when Callum was sitting in that little square box and probably, and then we yeah, it's had, been a while. What was it? Two weeks ago, three weeks, the two episodes or three episodes ago where they he went undercover for Sam. It was at least two, two episodes ago, I think. And then we're back again this week. So mm-hmm. that's what. If I have one complaint about PD, and I know we were talking about this, it's that they don't finish all of their. They don't always finish their cases before they yeah. move on to another case, and then. We sort of get caught up in the next one and then we forget that, oh, wait, this still isn't done yet when the next week we return. So it's just, it's it's very, it messes with my head a little bit. So Adam, he's still babysitting Callum and Sam. He's still in it. And it makes me so sad to see how much Callum knows about guns and what his grandpa is doing to him. When he mentioned the slide stock, I don't know what a slide stock is. I have no idea. I mean, but I've never held a gun or fired a gun, but still i'm I'm a 40 year old woman i i don't know which from kentucky which is probably really mind-blowing that i've never <laughs> held a gun but i have not um yeah i mean i i don't know what that is so the fact that the what is he 10 mm-hmm. something like that i think so nine or ten knows, that's that's a lot mm-hmm. that's so sad, sad. yes that's and so then sad. you could even tell when he looked at his mom and he said grandpa let me shoot one and then he amended last summer the smirk on his mm-hmm. face was so defiant yeah. that you know that it's he was outright lying to his mom yes and when adam goes to pick up dale he takes him to go burn bloody clothes and poor adam like he all he can do is watch this happen Mm -hmm. this is the most i think this is the most intense undercover case we've ever Mm -hmm. seen to where it lasts as long as it does and like so many things are happening that like they're having to just let happen because they don't they can't blow their cover kind of yeah this is I don't know the part where they were going to have to kill Dale. Mm-hmm. I got real nervous because I'm like, what is Adam going to do? He obviously can't blow his cover, but he can't kill anyone or allow her to kill any- yeah. anyone. So, I mean, thankfully, he got, you know, calling Hank or whatever that, you know, and getting the word out that what they're getting ready to make happen. Can I, can I say that like Torres, I'm, I know this is inappropriate, like, but like, the fact that he like broke into that car and then the way he the look on his face when he hotwired it when Kevin was like how long is this gonna take and he just did it with that I'm like that's super attractive and that really shouldn't be attractive. I wish Amanda was here because I guarantee she thought it was attractive as well. It was, but I love Dante. So I mean, <laughs> okay, okay. But what I want to know is because I don't speak Spanish. What did he say? Did you look it up? I meant I to didn't. look it up because I wanted to know. 
it was like right now. I don't like it. So what I would like you guys, our listeners, if you are curious what it meant, we're going to look it up while this is during the editing process and we will have it in the description on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, look at our little description of the episode. If you're listening on any of our podcast platforms, it'll be in the description of the episode there too. So look for that and I'll, I'll put it in there. But yeah, that was, that was cool. There was one thing, like, I don't know why it surprised me because I think I didn't, I wasn't smart enough to figure out like what was it when... Adam went back and he's like, he did something. I know he did something. We got to get that car. And then he took Dale out. And we see Kevin and Dante run with the masks on. I wasn't smart enough to put those pieces together until they took the hat off. I was like, oh, it took me. Who are those people? What are they going to do? So like when I saw them like run across behind the house, at that point, I didn't know. I was really confused on what was going on. I did figure it out when we saw them in the basement, even before they took off their mask. But I, I was definitely confused when we initially saw those two guys run so even in the basement i was initially confused whoa what is what is this he hired more people to kill him and then they took up the math right that that makes more sense (laughs) so they they did get the car they found and their police work was phenomenal i mean we don't expect anything different from 21 but their police work was phenomenal they caught the the asphalt from the car they figured out where he was they saw that he turned the wrong way they saw that there was a the waiter who ran out. Oh my gosh, that waiter was so sad when they found him in his closet. Because what they figured out by going over where his tires came from, where they would have paid the roads, is Dale went and killed these Chinese restaurant owners. And that's horrible. And I think what he wrote, I don't remember what he wrote on the it was like newer tag or something like that. It was German for New Day, which was the Nazi rallying cry. So it was a hate crime. And it was part of their mission, part of their whatever. And he, Dale did it because he used to live in the area and these people took over. And it just, oh, that boy that, I don't remember what his first name was, but Mao was his last name. And the way he was crying and telling Adam and Kim about how he didn't do enough and he was scared and just, oh, it was so heartbreaking. And I felt so bad for him. And the first thing he said when they found him, when Haley and Kim went to find him was, did you get the man? Can you imagine? That's so sad. So, you know, Richard orders this hit on Dale and they get there. And what I, the other thing I love too is watching Kim, it set me so stressed out, watching Kim and Adam go to the mill to find that knife. All I could think the whole time is, Richard's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Get out of there. Yeah. Oh, oh. I thought for sure they were going to be caught. I was like panicked panicked 100% and then even when so the this Dale guy fights back and I loved see this to me was like whoo okay when Kevin was like he said the bad word that I'm not gonna say because I hate that word but he said GD what say it say it give me a reason and then Dante got real close he's like <laughs> yeah what I was like how dang like both uh, well, those two, my as, gosh. those two as a pair <laughs> I love that partner together and Mm -hmm. even when they were in the hospital I loved how Kevin was approaching it with Dale and Dale went are you trying to scare me and Dale went "Mm -mm." or Kevin went "Mm -mm. I'm just giving you what we got what we got yeah I love Kevin and sometimes because he's in these times when we're so heavily focused on another character you forget like how much you love Kevin you always know you love him because he's Kevin yeah but then he's got like these lines and these manners and you're like Okay, I love you a lot more than I remembered loving you. <laughs> just yeah. no, I I completely agree. And even in that scene in the hospital when he was telling Dale what was going to happen to him, and Dante just went, "Ouch." <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So the it, I, I I don't know that, but I thought that was brilliant. And even though he died yeah. ripping his own thing out, it was so horrifying because when they were in the when they were in the mill and Adam saw Callum, he was so affected that Richard had him in there, and Kim Kim realized it, and that's when she was like, "Let's go, let's go." But yeah. Adam was so stunned by Callum's presence that he actually slipped up. And that was, yeah. the, that was what brought on that scary end scene for me. Yeah. And I, the other thing I wanted to say too, is that when Sam thinks that Adam killed Dale, she is wrecked. She didn't yes. want to do it. The only reason she went through it is because she said, and this was so creepy the way she said it, but you know that this is right from her dad and indoctrinating mm-hmm. since she was a child. When she said, if we, this is a test of loyalty. If we don't, we will be punished. Yeah. Like, that's something an abusive parent says to their small child. It was really scary. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm really nervous if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm absolutely and then she even when when adam was like let's think about this and she said no we think too much then we get killed and this is her father mm-hmm. her yeah. father yeah. and even dale says if i were richard i'd do the same thing the cause is greater than us and he killed himself in the hospital it's like, wild oh my gosh so adam finally confronts richard and says listen i did this for you and that's that's the only saving grace out of this is that mm-hmm. he can pull this off like i killed this guy for you this is how loyal yeah. i am to you. that's the only saving grace here and so richard does tell him he'll be in charge of deliveries but of course he won't tell him what and the other creepy thing that came out of there was he said but until then you have to keep sam on the path she's losing faith oh like it just instantly nauseous mm-hmm. i felt instantly and you could even tell yeah. by the look on adam's face because he does you know when he's uncomfortable and he's real mad at someone he just does that little like side smirk out of one corner of his mouth mm-hmm. he did that and he i'm not looking forward to what that's gonna bring no it's gonna be terrifying the other upside though now that's that's where we ended the case okay so this is we're picking this up and we're not even picking it up in the next episode we have to wait another freaking at least one more episode before we pick this storyline up but a storyline that we couldn't be happier about continued into this week from last week and it was perfect it was exactly what we'd all been hoping and waiting for it was so perfect i mean i mean we picked up right where we left off no i mean i'm trying to think of what i was saying first we picked up right where we left off and one of my favorite things about this opening scene aside from the obvious um is that that again like they wake up and like she's i mean obviously she's watching him sleep which is super adorable he wakes up and is so unbelievably happy and even makes a comment that i don't want this to just be this you Mm -hmm. know like he's he's saying i don't want this to be just us hooking up i want this to keep like this to go forward and kim without hesitation says me too that was so promising that i mean i don't know better part was though he said it just feels different this time. Yeah. And it and it does. And I mean, in the past, Kim would have hesitated or she would have at least seemed a little freaked out by it all. None. No mm-hmm. hesitation on her part. Everything seems perfect. And then we got the scene that honestly, I thought what happened last week was the best thing that could have ever happened to this show. But no, this was. We talked about how 
last week how I had to be super quiet because my family was asleep and holding my excitement over their stuff. Wait, wait, I before you get into that, it. hang on, before you get into that, because I do want to yeah. talk about that in just a second. But the other thing that she says to him that I wanted to point out was he's frustrated yeah. at the case. And she says, all you need is one moment and we will get there together. And she says yeah. that to him repeat. She says it to him twice. We will get there together. We will get there together. Yeah. And, yeah. And no, now, I mean, we'll she's all in. Thing. No, but like the, I, I was not able to hold in my excitement. No. The moment, like, I mean, Mac was so cute when, and I mean, the whole scene was cute. Kim's over there making sandwiches, so domestic and adorable. And then Mac, you know, asking about where you're going and all this stuff. And she says, okay, dad. I literally was like, oh my God. And I like, even because Elena was the only one that was still awake. And she was like, what, what's going on? I was like, she called him dad. I mean, I was so happy. I laughed and told in the chat. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was happy about that moment. And the first mm-hmm. time my kids like said, mom, but you know, <laughs> we won't. I mean, I, w- I was thrilled. My only regret um, was I was watching it live and I couldn't rewind it to like take in all their expressions. Oh, all you had to do was go to Peacock and watch it again. I like, did. I watched it right before day. this. <laughs> so that's, that's what I did. Um, I think I rewatched that scene more than I rewatched the other stuff last week, if I'm being honest. <laughs> All of their reactions were so good. He's so shocked and happy. And mm-hmm. what I, I think my favorite expression, though, was Kim's. Yep. Once again, because Kim, prior to last week, would have been freaked out by that. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, so happy about it. Then we follow it up with like a family hockey game. I was just like, this could not get any better at this moment, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. well i love how they did both of those scenes because they went between adam parenting mac with kim and then altering that in between being there for callum with sam but the only reason mm-hmm. he could be there for callum is because mm-hmm. he was parenting mac after feeling so secure and i'm mac's dad yeah. now well and like i noticed after all of that like prior to last week I was a little uncomfortable in his, like in the other episode, I was uncomfortable in his scenes with Sam and Callum. Yeah. This week I was not because I felt like he was different. Mm -hmm. And I, there was something, and maybe just the security of what was going on at home with his family. He wasn't putting, I mean, he's still putting a lot into the, into them of himself because that's just who Adam is, but not as much. I don't think, I don't know. The scenes just felt different than they did. Mm -hmm the other week yeah because i, I remember we talked about when he brought up max name and then kim had a response mm-hmm. and so did we were like what are you doing and this week when sam came up to him and said i followed you and adam was like you what <laughs> look i want to touch on that though because i'm a little nervous about that actually mm-hmm. um she didn't give away anything so i don't think she's necessarily seen anything she shouldn't have as far as like i don't think obviously she doesn't know he's a cop or anything like that but could she have seen him with Kim could she have seen him like just anything that might later cause a problem I, it just has me nervous that she's followed him places mm-hmm. and that Mac was right there yeah Mac is the one I'm nervous about because yes. I mean he he did tell her about Mac so that wouldn't have shocked her but we've seen well, how the people they associate with would use have, children I think some of it would have shocked her if we're being honest and I think that's a, that's an excellent point. And I think that that's something that we're going to see play into even next week, maybe because just because they showed us in the preview of Kevin and this case, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be hinting at Mac and these other people, although that's not typically how PD runs. 
either way, Mac is in danger as long as Adam is there. And now that we know that Sam has followed him to places, we know that she's in danger and Kim's in danger. And now that Adam is more on solid footing with them as a part of this family and as Mac viewing him as dad, we know that he's going to be even more careful and cautious about how he protects them in those moments. But the preview for next week, it just showed, um, I don't mean to say this lightly because it's not, it's I'm going to hate next, the next episode, which is again, May 3rd. It's an 11 year old who's been shot and killed. And that's going to wreck me because I, I mean, it's always, the kids always wreck me. I hate, I hate those episodes where the kids are killed, but my kid is very close to that age. And so these just hit, they hit different. And so this boy is shot Kevin's dad is involved somehow. A kid he was seen with may have been the shooter. And then the only thing we hear Hank say is, what was your dad doing in that bar? So, I mean, that's that's May 3rd. We're, again, switching gears away from this. Presumably, presumably they want to build the suspense for this May 28th, but we're already filled with dread and suspense. We don't need more. We just want it to be done. This has been months in the making, and this is only better than the Sean case because it's of the content. That's it. So um, again, these, you won't get another episode from us until let's see if it comes out on May 3rd, our next episode on Tuesday night for the Chicago's is going to be May 9th. So what you can do in the meantime, you need more Chicago content. You can join our Facebook group, which is one Chicago, Chicago family fan club. So come on over there. We're going to be doing some questions, some discussion questions. I think we've got some Easter things going on there this week. And a lot of, I know that this, this is coming out after Easter, but you can go back and look at some of the things that we posted for Easter, some behind the scenes things we've got coming down the pike for you behind the scenes images and fun little, um, fun little posts we've got going over there. So check that out. And remember that Sunday nights is our Fox night where we talk about OG 911 and 911. And we do want to let you know that it is officially, the resident is officially done. So uh, we got that word tonight as we're recording this on a Thursday night. We got the word tonight that it has been canceled officially by Fox and by Amy. Um, so that will no longer be returning for us. But Sundays we'll have 911 and 911 OG or 911 Lone Star. Tuesday nights is our one Chicago. Wednesday night is our ABC night with Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. And I do not believe they're taking another break until the end of May when the season closes. So. Those are the things you got coming up. Do not forget to subscribe. If you subscribe to our channel on YouTube and if you subscribe to us on our podcast channels and you rate us, that, uh, that shows that our viewership is up and we're more able to get interviews and good content to bring you. Maybe we'll start doing some um, some competitions and some fun giveaways and things like that in the future if we can get our listenership up. So on that note, we'll see you real soon. Bye, guys. Loving our content? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and don't forget to share our podcast with your family and friends. We want to continue the conversation with you. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok under Fandom Family Chats or one of our ever-growing Facebook groups by searching Family Fan Club. We've also launched a website, Family Fan Club 2021 at Wixsite.com. You can email us there and keep checking it for announcements and merch coming soon. And of course, be sure to tune in every week for new episodes discussing all your favorite shows.